Every New Year's, it's so good to see some of my friends from uh, the River Church. The Pastor RJ couldn't make it tonight, but we thank God for the River Church. Thank God for Pastor Jared and Pastor Lori for hosting this event and, and having us here. Amen. Thank God for St. Joseph that came with me. Amen. Uh, my lovely wife. Amen. Baby, stand up baby, so I can see you. Because a, a lot of guys heard about your bold venture. That's my good thing. Amen. And my parents are here with me. What my parents said, my mom, my dad, and, and the youngest of our four sons, Joshua. Raise your hand, Joshua. He's sitting next to Granny. Amen. We, are, we have four sons. Our oldest is 23. He's a truck driver on the road. And then we have a 20-year-old junior in college and a 19-year-old freshman in college. And then the 10-year-old bringing up the rear keeps us young. Amen. We thank God for just being here today. Let's, let's turn with me if you don't mind to John chapter 3. John chapter 3, familiar story, familiar passage in the Bible. Uh, when we think about New Year, New Encounter, I was like, oh, this is, uh, this is absolutely good because, you know, we come into New Year's, we always come into the New Year with the new ideas, new resolutions, uh, new things we're going to do. We always, you know, it's like the New Year's, like, it's like something about the New Year, we automatically like, hit a reset in our life. And we just kind of like, I'm going to do this this year, I'm going to do this this year, I'm going to do this this year. But the reality of it is, if you don't start doing it at the end of the previous year, you're probably not going to just do a cold turkey in the new year. It's going to take some warming up. That's why the gym memberships have a great sale at the first of the year, because they know you're going to sign up because you're excited about it. And they got your money because you're going to start going by February. But you already signed that year-long contract. <laughs> You don't sign that year-long contract. Unless you have planning fitness, they don't have no contract. You're already committed to a year because you're excited on January the 1. <laughs> Let's go to John chapter 3. And we're going to read um, verses 1 through 5. No, we're going to read verse through 7, through 7, through 7. There was a man of Pharisees named Nicodemus, a ruler of the Jews. The same came to Jesus by night and said to him, Rabbi, teacher, we know that thou art a teacher come from God, for no man can do these miracles that thou doest except God be with him. Jesus answered and said unto him, Verily I, verily I say unto thee, except a man be born again, he cannot see the kingdom of God. Nicodemus was said, with, said unto him, How can a man be born when he is old? Can he enter a second time into his mother's womb and be born? Jesus said, Verily, verily, I say unto thee, except a man be born of water and of spirit, he cannot enter the kingdom of God. That which is born of the flesh is flesh, that which is born of the spirit is spirit. Marvel not that I say unto, that I said unto thee, ye must be born again. Father God, I thank you for this opportunity to share your word. I thank you for this body of believers who are listening and ready with eager ears, God, in the room and online. I pray now, Lord, that I may decrease, that you may increase, God. Be all of you and none of me. We thank you that the word is going to go forth and fall on good ground, that it can be watered, nurtured, that you and you alone, God, receive the increase from it. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. So here we have in this passage here, Nicodemus, a Pharisee. So for those of you who are familiar with the Bible, you know, there's, in that day there were several different religious groups, and the most well-known two were the Pharisees and the Sadducees. And they were some very religious people. They had the rules, they, they, had, they obeyed the laws, and the Pharisees was, the, was probably one of your most strict of the religious group of people. 
they didn't deal with anything that was not Jewish. Anything non-Jewish, they had no dealings with it. But here Nicodemus had experienced the ministry of Jesus, had heard about him, even, even admitted to him, you know what, you, you must be the man of God because nobody can do what you're doing except God be with him. Isn't it amazing that we can experience the power of God and still question who, what it is? Yeah, we go to church every Sunday. We have a really good, a good time and a great experience, but we still question, you know what? You, know, you can't deny it's God. When you really see God move, you, you know it's God. You can't deny that it's God. So it's not, I'm not questioning, is it God? But man, can, it, can he do it for me? Will he do it for me? Am I worthy? And we, we, my wife spoke this morning about the unforgiveness, and sometimes unforgiveness Self-forgiveness is sometimes the most challenging because you know you messed up and you know how bad you messed up and you messed up last week about this same time. And so you beat yourself up really, really bad because I messed up. We're going we're gonna, to we're gonna see the drama at the end. I know you had a drama. We're going to put it to the end if y'all don't mind. Yeah, y'all don't mind, dude. Okay. Um, so so we, we know we messed up. So we have a hard time forgiving ourselves sometimes. But Nicodemus comes to Jesus because he wanted to have an encounter. Because he had experienced his ministry and see what he could do. But he wanted an encounter. And he came by night. That's something all by itself. Yeah, that's something all by itself. So, so, so let's, when we look at when we, Nicodemus came by night, and some would say that he came by night because of who he was as a Pharisee. He didn't want people to think that, you know, he was, you know, believing in Jesus. Because at the time, Pharisees, they, they, they didn't believe in Jesus as the Messiah. So they, he, some would say he came to Jesus at night because of who he was and the title that he held on to and who he was in the community. You know, he's a religious leader. He can't be seen talking to Jesus who's said to be the Messiah. And then some would say, well, he came to him so he could have an intimate conversation and be uninterrupted at nighttime. We oftentimes, Know who Jesus is, but do we even be intentional about spending intimate time with him? Nicodemus is a Pharisee. He had experienced his ministry, could even confess, no one can do this unless he be with God, unless God be with us. So I know who you are. Let me come holler at you at nighttime so we can talk about this thing. Are we intentional in our relationship with Jesus to the point to where we want to encounter him and make time for him? to be intimate with us. It's something about nighttime that, that really uh, makes a more intimate setting. We've even gotten to the place now where we create an atmosphere in worship where we lower the lights for intimacy with Jesus. When you're at home, you, you cut the lights off when it's time to go to bed. You're ready to cool down and wind down. You turn the lights off. You create an atmosphere. But are you as intentional about getting intimate with Jesus? Or we just get caught up on the experience of what he can do for us, what he can do for my family. We, we just want see him as a, a giver. He's like our daddy, daddy, I need, daddy, can you give, daddy, daddy, daddy. But do we spend time to get to know the Savior? Do we get time to allow him to be Lord of our life? 
See, as a Savior, you know, you, he's forgiven you of your sins. His blood cleansed you and made you clean. But as Lord, he has reigned over your life. He, he tells you what you can and can't do. He, he, you let him lead you and guide you. You allow him to Lord over your life. See, I want him to be Savior, but I want to be my own Lord. Help us today. But Nicodemus wanted to know more about him. So he comes to him at night. And he comes to him at night. He says, listen, nobody can do this thing but you, except, except God be with him. As I told you earlier, we can experience a, a worship experience like this creates an atmosphere for us to encounter Jesus. I often describe, and I invite people to St. Joseph, I say, we have a worship experience. Because the hope and intent is to create an atmosphere where it's an experience like none other that you are compelled to want to know who is this Jesus they are worshiping? Who is this Jesus they're talking about? You create an atmosphere that creates hunger that makes you want more. You've ever seen something or you had witnessed something that was so good it was absolutely unbelievable? And because it was so good and so unbelievable, you're like, do it again. Or, they, or they, they said something that really just caught your attention or rested you in your step. You're like, say that one more time. When you experience God for real, that's what it does to you. You try to, find, you try to get back to that place where you encountered him. But you encountered him. So Nicodemus, he comes to him. He's, he had this conversation. And Jesus says to him, except you be born again, you cannot see the kingdom of God. As we go into this new year, we go into this heaven, this new encounter with God, we have to get out of the mindset of just doing church. Because church is not like it used to be. And, and many times when we, when we consider what, you know, the things that we do and how we do things is usually based on our Sunday morning routine. We have a Sunday morning routine. Yeah, it's a Sunday morning routine. You, you may not see it as that, but it's it's your Sunday morning ritual. You get up, you get dressed, you say your prayers, you go to Sunday school, you go to church, and you do your, and then you go home about the rest of your week. Oh, God bless you, Pastor Stanford. God bless you. That's Pastor Stanford, Stanford, brother, the other Stanford. But, when you, but we have to realize, he says, except a man is born again, we cannot go through church and just go through the motions and not really have relationship. We oftentimes get so caught up in doing church work that we don't have a relationship with Jesus. So when, you, when things happen and you can't do what you've been doing in church, the work that you've been doing is like your relationship is, I'm no longer needed. My relationship is being destroyed because I can't do this in the church. But it's based on relationship and not work. And the challenge with people, you have Mary and Martha's in church where, where Martha want to just be busy, 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 and Mary want to sit at the feet of Jesus. You got to be able to identify who's Mary and who's Martha. Because <laughs> Mary has chosen the best of these. She chosen to sit at the feet of Jesus. And we got to be careful of people who, listen, who always want to serve and never want to sit. You got to watch them. They always want to serve. They want to do something. They want to be used. God, use me. But can you, God, listen, but can you sit down and get a word? He want to use you, but can he speak to you first? 
can he speak to you first? Can you sit down and let your pastor pour into you the word of God? Yeah, you get, you, you, the church work is good. We need you to serve and volunteer. Bless God for you. But I need you to know God's plan for your life. I need you to understand the vision God is casting here. I need you to understand how you fit into what God is doing. What you got to be born again? So we, we got to make sure that we don't just be caught up in doing work and we haven't, never, we haven't been born again. Because what's the sad case is you go into a new year, you're excited, you're having a new confession, but you still don't have a new relationship with Jesus Christ. You have a new confession, a new excitement, a new zeal, a new year. You on uh, listen, a new, a new saying, ooh, 22, I'm in it all the way, and all these cute cliches I'm doing. I'm starting over in 22, and all, but you, your relationship with God is still stagnant. It's still stagnant. It's, it's still, there's, there's, there's no river flowing. There's nothing flowing in your belly. But you want to put your hands to work. But what's stirring in your belly? What's stirring up inside of you? Listen, that'll provoke your feet to move. We have to get back to the place where we where we, where, where our, our encounter with Jesus produces work in the kingdom. Our encounter with Jesus provoke us to work in the kingdom instead of working in the kingdom to equate that to an encounter with Jesus. Yeah. We, we, we can't get so caught up in the, in the fact that I'm, I'm serving, I'm needed, and you important, but you don't have relationship. And here's the thing. Nicodemus raises a real good question. You know, you, to realize, you have to realize who Nicodemus is in this text. He's a, he's a religious man. They, they held on to the old law. He, he held on to the laws and the oral traditions that had been passed down from centuries. Tradition and religion is just a very religious, religious man, rituals. So when you, when you understand that in context, what Jesus is saying to him doesn't make sense. Doesn't make sense. Because we are so used to experiencing things, and we haven't sat down to allow the Holy Spirit to do perfect work in us to listen, to, to show those things that, that, that we don't really quite comprehend. Because a carnal mind cannot understand spiritual things. A carnal mind cannot comprehend spiritual things. So that's why you got to be careful, again, by putting, listen, carnal people in key positions. Because pastor in the spirit operating and talking, you getting your feelings hurt because he's talking about you. Well, he ain't talking about you. He in the spirit and the Holy Ghost is just telling your business. But we have, we have, we have to. We have to realize who Nicodemus is in his context. He said, well, well how, how can that be? Can a man be born again a second time? Can he be born a second time? And this is where I want to kind of land for a minute. As we talk about a new encounter. A new encounter, he says, you got to be born of the spirit, of the, of the flesh and of the spirit. Water and of the spirit. 
we oftentimes get stuck in the experience of God by working in a church and never get past that place of really being in a relationship. Not, I won't say never, but the challenge is getting from that place of being a, a worker to really being spirit-filled and being born in the spirit so that God can use you for the kingdom. See, when we get confined to the work of the church, we oftentimes, our loyalty becomes the local church. And the loyalty becomes not just to the local church, but to the one that puts you in position in the local church. I hope it's going to bless somebody. It's going to bless somebody real good. Just walk with me. Just walk with me. Jesus says, you got to be born of the Spirit and born in the water. And they're trying to figure this thing out. Well, how can I be born again? Can I go back into the woman's second time? We have to realize that in the body of Christ, if we want to experience a new encounter with God, we got to come out of, listen, we got to come out of our flesh and get in the spirit. Because it's some things in our flesh that we're going we're gonna to continue to fall in the same cycle. But when we get in the spirit, God will begin to reveal things to us in the spirit realm. Listen, that'll help these things in the natural make sense to us. Yes, he will. God will begin to speak to you in the spirit realm where you begin to understand what's going on in the natural. You begin to make sense of the stuff that's going on in the natural. Nicodemus had been experiencing God, but now he wants to have an encounter that will change his life. And many of us have been experiencing the work of the church, but not had an encounter with Jesus to advance his kingdom. That's why, that's why you can have three pastors from three denominations come together for the work of one kingdom. Yeah. For the work of one kingdom. But in order for that to flow and work cohesively, you got to be born of the Spirit. Amen, somebody. You got to be born of the Spirit. In, in, in order to get to where we want to be in Christ and get to where Christ wants us to be in him, we have to choose to submit to Christ and follow his teachings. Nicodemus could have stopped right there. But Jesus goes on and said, say, listen, you got to be born of water and born of the spirit or you cannot enter the kingdom of God. As we experience a desiring Something new from God. We got to be able to do something new in ourselves. Uh-huh. Got to be able to put some old stuff down. Because the, 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 new, the new thing, one of my verses, I, I've, been, I've been quoting all, all year, all week long so far. Isaiah 43, 18 and 19. Do not remember the things of former, nor consider the things of old. Behold, I will do a new thing. Say new thing. Now it will spring forth. Shall you not know it? I will even make a roll in the wilderness and rivers in the desert. God is doing a new thing. And the, the challenge with the church is we got to catch up with God. We got to catch up with God. I, I tell, remind Joseph all the time, the pandemic didn't catch God by surprise. 
it, it didn't catch him by surprise. So, so whatever God said in January of 2020, when this thing first began to come to pass, come upon the scene, whatever God said then is still good today. We have to figure out what's this new thing God doing to make it come to pass. Because he has not changed his mind. He still wants to do it. And we'll still charge as the church to expand his kingdom. But what the pandemic has done, he has, listen, he has turned the church. No, he has, he has revealed that some of us have made the church the idol and not God. The, the one we worship. The church building had become an idol. We got proud. Oh, I, I go to Lot Road Church. I, I go to St. Joseph Baptist Church. We doing this, we doing that. But what are you doing in the kingdom? What you do? What you do? What church you go to? You tell me what church you go to. How you work in the church? But what are you doing for the kingdom? Because when the church doors close, the kingdom was still open. <laughs> Help me today. When you couldn't come in the building, the kingdom was still crying out for souls. And if your work, if your work and relationship is tied to your church, when the building is closed and you can't come in the building, you are fish out of water. You don't know what to do. But I want you to know that I'm serving a God. I'm a servant in the kingdom of God. And we have to know, know and understand that as kingdom citizens, we got to be born of the Spirit. You need the Holy Ghost. Listen, you need the Holy Ghost to work with church folks. You need the Holy Ghost to work with church folks. You do know that Paul wrote half of the, over half of the New Testament, right? You do know he was writing to church folks. You do know he was writing to church folks about how to act in the church, how to live, about righteousness. He, was right, he, was writing to, he wasn't writing to the world, he was writing to the church. He was writing to the church. The church at Corinth. The church at Ephesus. These were letters he was writing to the church because he wanted them to understand their work of the kingdom. And what salvation was about, what living say was about, what being righteous was about. And as Paul, as, as Nicodemus had this conversation with Jesus here in this text, Jesus is telling him, listen, you got to be born of water and born of the Spirit. And I want to tell you today, Lot Road, St. Joseph, and the river, you got to be born of water and born of the Spirit. What God is calling us to do, we can't do it out of bare hands. We need the power of the Holy Ghost. We need the Holy Ghost. We get so caught up in doing the church work that we forget to do the work of the kingdom. You got to be born of the spirit. That which is flesh is flesh. That which is spirit is spirit. He said, you must be. You got to be born again. You got to give God your complete heart. God wants more than your hands. God wants more than your feet. And sometimes we only want to offer up God, God, I do whatever you want me to do. God, I go wherever you want me to go. But what if God wanted to rest your thoughts? 
What if God wants you to submit your thoughts to him? I'll go where you want me to go. I'll do what you want me to do. But what if God wants you to get your heart right so when you get that, you won't, you won't act the fool? What if God want to get your heart right so that when you get there, listen, that people can receive you and honor you and love on you. And now, oh, here comes so and so. And then your friend is making an excuse for you. Well, you know, that's just how he is. If that's how you was born, that's more reasons to be born again. If that's how you are and that's how you've been your whole life, that's evidence. It's time for you to be. Help me preach up in here. So next time you use that excuse on someone else, hey, you need to be born again. It's time for you to be born again. Because I'm, I'm tired of folks saying that's just how you've been your whole life. Well, it's t- at, at, at what point do your... At what point does your life change to reflect the God you serve? At what point does does your walk begin to look different to the people who are watching you? And it causes you people to do like they did Nicodemus, like Jesus and Nicodemus. Listen, listen, Jesus. I I, I know you got to be from God because I, I'm watching how you what you're doing. So so t- t- tell me more about that. Your walk your walk should change in such a way that others that, that see your walk should want to inquire. What have you done differently to cause you to walk differently? At some point, people should inquire about the God you serve because they're looking at the life that you're living. Oh, Jesus. Your life becomes a billboard for the God that you serve. And if somebody now, if people on your job don't know you saved, take down your billboard and keep your mouth shut. Because you are now represent my God. If the people on your job don't know you are saved, take down your billboard and keep your church name out your mouth. They shouldn't be shocked when they find out you saved. If your neighbors don't like you because you always acting up on your neighbors, don't tell them what church you go to. Don't tell them what church you go to. Because you got to be born again to see the kingdom. <laughs> you got to be born again to see the kingdom. Listen, you got to be born again to enter into the kingdom. Isn't it amazing? You got to be born again to see it and to enter into it. Because Moses saw the promised land, but he didn't enter into it. Yeah, he saw it, but he couldn't enter in. And some of you have seen the hand of God. You've seen God move on your life and on other people's lives too. But all you have done is had an experience with God. But when you begin to have an encounter with God, listen, because you haven't had an encounter, God began to use you to be someone else's encounter. Amen, somebody. When you had an encounter, God then can trust you. God then can trust you to carry his glory to somebody else. Yeah, yeah, yeah. When you, when you had a sincere encounter, and you're like, oh, okay, I got to be born again. 
you must be gotta be born again. Okay, I'm gonna be born again. I'm completely committing back to God. You, you know, you're tired of having experiences now. I want to have an encounter where I can, I can, for the fellas at Bold Venture, where I can pinpoint my Damascus Road experience. I can pinpoint that moment in my life when, when God turned me around, knocked me off my beast, listen, corrected my ways. I, I can pinpoint it. And now I'm ready to be in a, his extension in the earth and have others encounter him. That should be the, the desire of every believer is to help somebody else encounter what you encountered. Listen, when Saul became Paul, he wanted he had to go back and repent for what he had done. Because he, he the scales fell off his eyes. He had a different encounter with Jesus. Help us, Holy Ghost. He had an encounter. And the encounter, listen, changed the direction of his life. Yeah, it, it changed the trajectory of his life. And, and, and I just want to, I want to just, I want to help somebody today that, that you ought to just get tired of doing the same thing. Because what Paul, what Saul thought he was doing, he thought he was right. As a matter of fact, if you read the text, he had papers to go to Damascus. He had permission to go. But he was just as wrong as two left feet. And you can't allow your position, your status, your income, your, your social clout to put you in a position where you can be, listen, boldly wrong. And completely out of the will of God. Amen, somebody. When we talk about Nicodemus in this text, Nicodemus came to Jesus at night because he wanted to have a conversation. Teacher, I can't deny who you say you are. I won't say it in front of my friends. That's why I came to see you at nighttime. I can't deny who you say y'all, because only someone that's with God can, can do what you're doing. Can someone ask that same question about you? Can, can your unsaved friends look at you and want to inquire, listen, I know you said you go to Light Road. I know you say you saved. And I believe it, because I'm looking at how you live in it. And I just watched them cuss you out, and you ain't cussed them back. You just smiled and walked away. I watched you battle sickness, and, and not one time did you get mad at God for making you sick, but you just kept declaring your healing. Can people look at your walk and be provoked to inquire about your Jesus? Can they look at your walk and be provoked to want to, hey, tell me, is this Jesus that can give you so much peace when I'm mad at what you're going through? You done been there, you done seen someone else go through something, and you, and you mad for them. You done picked up their offense. It ain't even offended you, but you done picked up their offense because you're mad at what they're going through. Yeah, yeah, nothing to do with you, but you done heard about it, you done gossiped about it, and now you mad about it. 
mad about it. But what people can say, man, I, I see what you're going through. Help me. I want to I know the man named Jesus like you. And Jesus didn't give no, he didn't make it real difficult for him. He just said, just be born again. Just be born again. Because see, Nicodemus was a Pharisee. He was born in the flesh. He followed the law. He had traditions that had been passed down for centuries that he followed and honored. But he wasn't really ready to embrace this new stuff Jesus was talking about. And as God begins to do this new thing, and you're designing a new encounter, you got to be able to be what Jesus is to receive it all. You can't receive it in your flesh. You got to receive it in the spirit. You can't just walk in the flesh. You got to begin to walk in the spirit. You can't live in the flesh. You got to live in the spirit. This new thing that you want God to do in your life, the new thing I'm believing that God's doing in your life is not going to happen doing the same thing you've been doing. It's called insanity. To do the same thing over and over and expect a different result is called insanity. I want to read. I want to read two definitions from you, and Pastor Pastor May read it this morning. I read it before I go. And uh, I want to talk. I want to give you a definition of an experience and an encounter. An experience is a practical contact with and observation of facts or events. You've been in a place, you've experienced something, you've been a part of it, you've seen it, you've observed it, um, and, and you watched it. You're kind of just kind of a spectator. You're just kind of part of what's, you're in, you're in the place, in the place, in the presence of what's going on. So you've been able to observe it. You've been actually had physical con contact you know, physical contact or observation with an event or facts or something factual. But an encounter, here we go, an encounter is an unexpected, unexperienced experience. An encounter is an unexperienced experience or to be faced with something difficult or hostile. But when we look at the first part, an unexpected experience is an encounter. It's to come into church to worship, and, and all of a sudden you get healed. All of a sudden, God, God do some deliverance in your life. As I close, I'm, I'm done, I'm done, I'm done, I'm done. As I close, I, I want to challenge you. I want to challenge you. I'm going to be here tomorrow. I want to challenge you. We're going to talk about somebody else tomorrow to have an encounter. But I, I want to challenge you to be like Jesus. In a sense of people want to come to inquire about you because they can't deny what they see on you. <laughs> they can't deny that you serve God. They can't deny that God's using you. But it provoked to them to inquire about you and then when that happens you got to have something to tell them you got to know who Jesus is and that can only happen through your own relationship with him 
Amen. Stand on your feet. What my keyboard? Give me some more on keyboard. Please, one feeling. Okay. We, I'm just gonna pray tonight, and I'm pray that that these next uh, three nights be just an, a, a radical encounter for each of you. When you come the next three nights, I want you to come completely, just like God, whatever you wanna do. Like just come. I want you to come empty before a full fountain. Just come empty before a full fountain. And listen, I even go a step further. If you full of junk already, just bring all your junk and come in and just lay it at the altar. And leave full of the Holy Ghost. Every hand lifted. Father God, I thank you today, Lord God. I thank you for what our ears have heard, our hearts have felt, Lord God. I thank you right now, God, for what you are doing in all of our lives. I pray now, Lord God that you just invade us these next three days, Lord God. God, I pray now that we pour down and remove every thought, God, anything that will hinder us, Lord God, in our minds. We come against thoughts right now, Lord God, that are contrary to your plan and purpose for our life, Lord God. We pull them down, we cast them down, we tear them down, we uproot them down in the name of Jesus. I thank you right now, Lord God, as we enter into a new year and we expect to receive a new encounter with you, Lord God, that you, are, you God, will, will just help us to forget the things of former and expect a new thing in our life in the name of Jesus. God, I pray now, Lord God, there's anything in our life that will hinder our walk, anything in our life that will distract people from seeing you in us. See, yes, God, anything in our life that will be a distraction for people even knowing more about you in, in my, through, through me, Lord God, remove it in the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus, God, I thank you right now, Lord God, that when people begin to see us, they see a reflection of heaven. Yes, they see a reflection of heaven through us. I thank you, Lord. I thank you, Lord, that we are hungry for you. We crave more of you. We want to see more of you. We want to encounter you even more in the name of Jesus. God, I pray right now, Lord God, for each person under the sound of my voice that you do a great work in us. You do a great work in us. Thank you, Lord Jesus.